The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross, we're brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Russell brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNPROP to receive free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. And welcome in everyone to the PropCast NFL Week 7 edition, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is currently 1.58, close to 2 p.m. on the West Coast. And joining me to discuss Week 7 NFL player prop bets, as usual, the prop god, Dan Titus. Dan, how are you doing this afternoon, bro? Doing great, Munaf. It's uh, great to talk football again. I know that NBA is is definitely underway here, first week. Yeah. And I can't lie, I'm a little bit distracted. Um, <laughs> I should be joining the SGPN crew in Vegas right now, but the wife had a work trip, so I got to take care of the kid. Um, so maybe for another time. But, uh, yeah, I know that they're going to have a lot of fun uh, making those Raiders fans very disappointed this weekend when the Eagles pull the upset. I, I'm, I'm not being biased because, you know, my friends over at SGPN are Eagles fans, but I think the Eagles do get the job done this week against the Raiders. Yeah, man. Hopefully one year you could get out there. Hopefully uh, I want to get out there too, yeah. man. I know my, my buddies have been talking about getting out to the stadium as many times that I'm in Vegas, like throughout the year, I'm always like driving by it, but I've actually got like gotten to go inside yeah, the yeah. stadium and checking out. Like we've talked to Minty about it. Like she's a season mm-hmm. ticket holder. So we're like kind of living through her about the experience of like the game and the stadium and things like that. But hopefully one year, uh, hopefully all of us can get out there and catch a game. I think that would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. So like we said, NFL week seven, man, uh, we're just trying to stay focused. Like Dan said, I mean, I have MLB playoffs going on. I have NBA starting this week. <laughs> we have NFL going on. So we're all just trying to wrap our heads around it and, and just kind of keep our heads above water. So you guys know what the plan for the show is. We get into player props for week seven, strictly player prop bets. We'll give you our five uh, player props that we're betting this week, wrap it up with the best bet. And then any other thoughts that we have for the, uh, for the games uh, this week. Uh, Dan, let's start with this. Let's, why don't we just kind of talk about the Thursday night game? I know you and I didn't do the, um, the player prop show, but I think that this was interesting because we saw Case Keenum at, at the quarterback position. And then we have Dearness Johnson, who just absolutely went ballistic off off yeah lebron had to uh, chime in on it about it and he was surprised that lebron was chiming in in the post uh, post game interview and the press conference but man he looked really good uh case keenum looked really good uh teddy bridgewater and i feel like these broncos are kind of falling off a cliff but um yeah what did you think of the browns performance without their top three guys pretty much in the, in the on the offensive side for them i think that teddy bridgewater's 
probably going to have some QB competition in practice heading into uh, next week because they started off extremely slow. Their offense was super stagnant. I'm tired of seeing Melvin Gordon out there. Javante Williams just continues to break tackles. You need to get him in space and give him the ball. Commit to the run a little bit more. We saw that the Cleveland Browns really did a good job of holding them, forcing Teddy to making these short intermediate throws and really not testing the testing downfield. I mean, the Browns were resilient. You know, they they withstood uh, the injuries. You know, being down. You know, obviously not playing with their starting quarterback. There's two starting running backs. Dearness Johnson earned himself more more carries than Nick Chubb. Um, at least in relative to um, the tar- the the rushing share that he gets, um, snap share, crazy. They just handed the ball off. I mean, they kind of signaling Kevin Stefanski was signaling that it was going to be a big day for Dearness Johnson. So if you got him in fantasy, congratulations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit perplexed though. Odell Beckham looks so regular out there, doesn't really do much, and uh, it, you got to wonder the the amount of capital that they pulled to bring him into Cleveland not really working out. And I don't know if it's just the injuries, doesn't like his role in the offense. Baker doesn't really push the ball down the field, the game script, whatever. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't look that good. And so um, the Browns, this is a good win for them, but I think Denver's definitely trending in the wrong direction. They got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing Drew Luck or Drew Locke, excuse me, uh, Mm -hmm. start getting some, some work in the, in practice. And they need to just do something because their defense, even we saw Von Miller left the game. Um, Yeah. So they're going through it. They're going through their own battles um, with, with injuries themselves, but they got to get on track because they've lost three straight. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, this team looked like they were off to. They were obviously they did get off to a great start. They were three and zero, but you take a look at the level of competition they played in their first three weeks: Giants, Jaguars, Jets. I mean, that's that's pretty easy, right? Um, especially when you're going up against probably those are probably the bottom five teams in our league. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they had the the Ravens, the Steelers, Ra- Raiders, and uh, Browns a better competition. But I honestly thought last night, Dan, that I thought um, Drew Locke was going to come in in that second half. It just is. is I just kind of getting that uh, inkling that he mm-hmm. was like standing there ready with his helmet on. I felt like they were going to make that change at halftime. But like you said, I think so. Also, that we'll have some quarterback competition between these two because Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater seems like he's falling off a, a cliff here. Kind of going back to your point of um, Odell and uh, Jarvis Landry, man, is it me or just seems like every time these guys catch a ball, they go down, they're like they're hobbling to the sideline, and they're like it's like they're getting hurt every other play, and and it, that's not sustainable for a Browns offense, especially when these guys are supposed to come in and and be the studs for this uh, for this wide receiving group, but. Again, we've we, I talked about this with Rod is that the Browns offense is pretty much predicated and run first, right? That's where they build their their play action, their passing game off of. So I know Stephen A. Smith has been harping about Odell should be traded to the Packers or, or traded to another team or whatever the case might be. Um I'm not sure Odell has it anymore, man. Do you think that if you went to another team that he would be I mean, we're not expecting him to be the receiver that he was with the Giants, but do you think that he would still have something left in the tank? Uh, I don't know if I can trust him anymore. At this yeah. point, he can't He can't stay healthy. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter whether he makes these amazing catches one every season or whatever, but I just don't trust him anymore. And if I'm New York, I would have already moved on. Like, I don't want that dude. Um, yeah. And at this point, it's not worth the drama. And so... 
if I'm Cleveland, I'm look, I'm definitely looking in the receiver market for someone that's more reliable. You know, Jarvis Landry was actually pretty good in terms of like his durability mm-hmm. and into this season. But, you know, if in terms of Odell, nah, I'm out. And I misspoke before. That's actually four straight losses for the, the Denver Broncos. So, yeah, I think yeah. That it's, it's definitely signaling that they're going to have to do something to, to, to right the ship here. Yeah, and honestly, it's been the offense, right? Seven points against the Ravens, 19 against the Steelers, 24 against the Raiders. Not too bad there, but they only scored two touchdowns last night against the Cleveland Browns. But certainly better defenses than they what they faced early on in the season when they were 3-0. and Um but yeah, man, I think that, uh, you know, hopefully they get back. Uh, they have a big game coming up in the next couple of weeks. They have Dallas. I think Dallas, they, they actually have, sorry, the next three games are against NFC East opponents, Washington, Dallas, and the, the year Eagles. So and it doesn't get much easier for them after that. They have the Chargers and the Chiefs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Denver Broncos as we kind of go forward. Any final thoughts for this game, uh, Dan, from last night? No, it was ugly. I wish they put it on. Uh, th- this should have been like a Sunday. This that was like a pretty much. You might as well just put that game on like Sunday. You know, London game, six thirty in the morning. We don't want to watch this. That was an awful <laughs> Thursday game. Hey, that seems like to be the theme on these Thursday night games. We've gotten one good game. We get that one good game, and then the NFL's like, "No, you guys need three or more, three or four more crappy games before we give you another good game." But see, that, uh, see that's how they se- that's how they set it up, right? It's like we're yeah. going to give you Tampa, Tampa Bay, and Dallas just to start off the season. It's going to be fireworks, nonstop scoring, just amazing, and then everything else after that just been duds. And like, <laughs> you got to expect. Like, I feel like at this point, take a poll of like. Take a survey of the fans. Take a survey of the of the players. No one wants to play on Thursday. We yeah. don't need a Thursday game. Yeah, I'd rather just put another another game on Sunday or something. Even Saturday night. I don't know. Make Monday a double header. Do yeah. something. Just not, stop with this Thursday shit. Too many injuries. Bad games. Bad beats. Um. Yeah. It's tough. Fifty yeah. Thursday games. Yeah, especially coming off like if you play Sunday, you have a quick turnaround. Like you're back on. You're back in your facilities on Monday, starting to get prepped for the Thursday night game, which is pretty much three days away at that point. And especially if you're traveling on the road, uh, it's tough, you know, to get that preparation ready, but we'll see what happens. I don't think they'll make that change because it is a standalone game. And no matter which teams they put out there, we're going to keep watching, but we'll see what happens. Uh, With that being said, let's take our first break. Um, We'll come back and we'll get into the player props for week seven uh, for the Sunday games. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet $1 and win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever you wager first is WinBet will match it up to $200. For example, if you bet $100, you'll get a free $200 bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. 
We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing and PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, prop swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use your promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. So improve, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, Dan, coming off of the break already, week seven, man. Uh, let's get this party started, man. Let's start with your first player prop for Sunday. What do you got for me? First prop for Sunday. I'm going DeAndre Swift under 43 and a half rushing yards at minus 114. He's facing the Rams stout rush defense. The spread is now 16 and a half. And I don't really see the Lions committing to the run in this game, even with Jamal Williams being banged up. Um, you know, he's the primary goal line back, but it's really been DeAndre Swift's bread and butter catching the ball in the backfield. So if you think that DeAndre Swift is still going to have a good day, definitely lean towards his receiving and receptions prop. But I hate his un, uh, hate his rushing prop at 43 and a half. He's only done this in five out of seven games this season. Um, or sorry, excuse me. He hasn't done this in five of seven games this season. So mm. not a lot trending up for a running back against a Rams defense in a negative game script. Yeah. And I think that this is this narrative of this game is going to be more about Jared Goff versus Sean McVay and Matt Stafford returning back to the Lions. So I think it's going to be a quarterback game, not really much emphasis on the run. So taking the under on DeAndre Swift here, 43 and a half. Makes a lot of, uh, sorry, makes a lot of sense, right? Especially with a big spread, like you're expecting the Rams to get out fast and early. You can't run the ball at that point when you're behind double, if you're behind two possessions, right? You're going to have to throw the right. ball around. So um, I feel like there's a lot of, lot of hype coming around DeAndre Swift coming into the season about him being a, a great pass catcher and a great uh, running back for the offense in Detroit. Um, but it really hasn't come into fruition this season yet for for him. So I like the play of under 43 and a half. It just makes too much sense. You have a big spread, and then uh, you're not going to commit to that running game. So, uh, yeah, uh, player prop number one there for Dan. DeAndre Swift under 43 and a half rushing yards. Uh, for my one, first one, I'm going to go with uh, Sam Darnold. I'm going to go under 236 and a half passing yards. Um, let me uh, start by saying this shop around for this number because I saw it at a couple different books that you can get a yard or two uh, in your favor if you're taking the under. So make sure, make sure to shop around for this, but um, look, Sam Darnold got off to a hot start and he's really come back down to earth. The Sam Darnold that we know that the guy that he was when he was with the New York jets over the last two weeks, Darnold has combined for 384 passing yards and I think the key thing for me on this prop bet is Matt Rule came out and said that we need to get back. We want to run the football. We want to run the football 30 to 33 times a game. And that obviously means no mistakes made. Let's manage the game and let's run the ball with Chuba Hubbard. Um, you know, obviously CMC is still out, but I think that Hubbard is more than capable of running this ball. 
I don't think they're going to take chances here against this New York Giants defense. Um, again, like I said, we see more Chuba Hubbard and less of Sam Darnold. Let's go under 236 and a half passing yards for Sam Darnold. Yeah, no debate there. Sam Darnold sucks, much like the uh, the Denver Broncos, man. Yeah, <laughs> much like the Broncos, man. The, the Panthers are in a free fall too, man. They're they're fighting for their lives. I mean, fortunately for them, they get to face the New York Giants, yeah. who has like literally no one playing at this point. Kadarius Tony got uh, mm-hmm. ruled out. Sterling Shepard pulled his hammy again. Saquon's out. I mean, their defense is the only thing that's piecing them together, and I don't know that Sam Darnold has even figured out how to. Had to had to get out of the uh, get out of his own head. To be honest with you, I think he's just shook right now. Any yeah. type of pressure, and this dude folds. So, wouldn't be surprised if you know Danny Dimes is good at keeping it within the spread. So, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Giants somehow uh, either eked out a win here or kept it within those three points. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. I kind of do like the Giants here uh, against the Panthers. So, uh, we'll see, man. I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think you're not probably not going to see a lot of points in this game, especially if they're nope. talking about running the ball here. That's going to be tick, 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 tick on that clock. So uh, if you do like um, another bet, we'll take the under 43 in the uh, Giants and the Panthers game here. Uh, Let's go with your next one, Dan. What you got? Yeah, next one I like, Justin Fields over 18 and a half rushing yards at minus 114. So the only reason I'm going to Justin Fields here is because the Bucs have been blitzing at a crazy rate. They lead the league um, at 39% blitz rate. Um, so I'm expecting heavy pressure to be thrown at the young Q, the young QB. However, he he has shown a little bit of promise using his legs. He did rush for 43 yards against the Green Bay Packers last week. Um, he's also done this in the first start that he had. He had 10 rushes for 31 yards. So it's attainable for Justin Fields. And with this spread sitting at 12 and a half right now, um, you know, AB has been ruled out for the Bucks. I'm expecting the Chicago Bears to maybe keep it a little bit competitive, but it shouldn't take much for him to get over 18 and a half rushing yards with such a stout defensive front that's going to be in his face, trying to get to get pressure on him yeah. and not allow him to make throws down the field because their secondary is so suspect. So it makes a lot of sense to me to, to take Justin Fields on a rush attempts here or rush of yards, excuse me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna take the over there. 18 and a half. This is what I was also looking at this one, Dan. So I'll, I'll co-sign on this for sure. Also, um, everything you said, right. They're not going to be able to, let's get this out of the way. They're not going to be able to run the football in this game. Uh, when I was on with Rod for his fantasy football podcast the other day, we talked about Khalil Herbert and how he's had a, he had a great start last week or the last two weeks since David Montgomery's gone down, but now you're going up against the best uh, rush defense in the, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers which is not going to bode well for Herbert. And like you just mentioned that they like to blitz, which means Justin Fields is going to have to take off. And I really want to see Justin Fields start using his legs a little more because he has that capability of running and asking him to right. get 18 and a half rushing yards. I think that he's more than capable of doing that. He can almost accomplish that in two carries, even one carry. So I like that one also, man, over 18 and a half rushing yards for Justin Fields. Um, for my next one, I'm going to the game where I'm expecting to see a lot, a lot of points. And that's going to be uh, in that Chiefs and Titans game. Ryan Tannehill, longest completion, over 35 and a half uh, yards. Ooh. Like I said, yeah, this this is going to be a game where we're going to see explosive plays by both offenses. And I think the total obviously is indicative of that, right? It's set at 57 and a half right now. Like I said, I think this game gets into the 60s easily, in my opinion. Titans offense is starting to look like the offense that we are used to seeing um, 
from the prior years, right? When they had Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator, now moved on to the Falcons head coaching job. But again, we got to remember that AJ Brown and Julio Jones were missing not last week, but the prior weeks to that, uh, either AJ Brown was out or Julio Jones was out or both of those guys were out. So they were kind of limited at that wide receiver um, group. But um, to, it, it's, this play is mostly for me fading the Chiefs defense. And to say that the Chiefs defense hasn't been bad, that's pretty much an understatement. They're number 31 in yards per completion allowed, number 30 in opponent yards per pass attempt. And they have allowed uh, long long completions of 43 yards and 44 yards to Baker Mayfield in week one. They did that twice. They gave up a 42-yard completion to Lamar Jackson. They gave up a 43-yard long completion to Justin Herbert. They gave up 37 to Jalen Hurts. And then last week to Tyler Heineke. 39 yards to him. So you're asking Ryan Tannehill to come in here, who's a more than, I think, above average quarterback, guy that has the weapons on this team. He can, I think he can get easily over this uh, 35 and a half longest completion, whether it's to Julio Jones or whether it's to um, uh, AJ Brown or even some of the other wide receivers that have on this team. So I love this play. Ryan Tannehill, longest completion over 35 and a half passing yards. Yeah, real quick, just wanted to go back. I don't get this opportunity very often, but I just want to shout out a fellow Hokie and Khalil Herbert. Well mm. done, sir. There you go. Um, but yeah, back to the handicap. I'm actually thinking that the Titans could keep up here. And they're if it's going to be the, the Derrick Henry show, they're not going to be able to keep up here. So, yeah. you know, Derrick Henry's got some wild props out there. You know, I'm seeing 147 and <laughs> yeah. a half scrimmage yards, 120 plus r- rushing yards. I mean... The Kansas City Chiefs certainly have been suspect in, in defending against the run, but you got to expect Pat Mahomes right now. Their back is against the wall, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Like they're still playing catch up in this division here. So while the margin of the gap is closing a bit, they still got to come out and win. And this is a, a Titans team that's eked out some really good wins here. They're at the top of their division, or at least they're they're close with it with the the Colts here. Yeah, but. You know, Pat Mahomes has got to show out, and he's been doing it. The the Kansas City Chiefs offense is one of the best still in the game, despite their shoddy defense. And if you're going to play with the 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 Chiefs, you got to put up at least thirty points. And the only way you're going to do that is throwing to your receiver. So I'm expecting Julio to be available here. Uh, AJ Brown just got cleared, so it looks like he's good to go. He's having some digestive issues, so I don't know. Maybe he needs to lay off the, uh, oh, yeah, the General Sal's chicken. Yeah, the Taco <laughs> Bell, whatever, whatever's blowing up them bubble guts. But uh, yeah. We should see him be a lot better. And, you know, I think Tannehill, the other thing that's cool about Tannehill is I feel like if they get that screen game going just to kind of balance it out, easily you could see a screen pass going for like 30 yards too if they get the right blocking downfield and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm expecting Tannehill to come out aggressive here. KC is the worst pass defense in the league right now. So, yeah, fire it up, I believe, in Tannehill and to get a long play. And also, like, Dan, like, you have Derrick Henry in that backfield. So what what is the Chiefs defense supposed to do? Are they going to come up and load the box and try to tackle Derrick Henry when they hand it off? If they do that, then Ryan Tannehill over the top can easily get the ball to Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. So it's almost like pick or poison. What are you going to try to do, Chiefs defense? So I think they're in a lot of trouble. The more and more we're talking about this, I kind of like the Titans to cover this number against the Chiefs. But um, that that's a separate discussion. Uh, let's go to your next one, Dan. What do you got? Yeah, real quick, just back to your point real quick about that game scheming. You got to expect they don't want Derrick Henry to run the ball because that's going to take more time off the clock. If anything, yeah. I'm like, 
you know what? Let's just stack the box. And if you guys, Tannehill, you've been playing like shit all year. Let's see you actually throw the ball downfield. Test it. Let's see how it do. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Yeah. Um, next one I got. Taking an under here. Got to break the trend. And uh, going Corey Davis under 53 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. The Jets pass offense. You know, they went up against the New England Patriots in week two. Zach Wilson only managed 210 passing yards. But more importantly, the Pat, the Patriots held Davis to only two receptions for eight yards. He hasn't hit this number in three of five games that he's played this season. Jameson Crowder's back into the fold. Elijah Moore is starting to get a little bit more acclimated to the offense. So off of a bye week, you know, maybe they have a little bit of game planning ahead of the Patriots. But let's be honest, Bill Belichick owns all rookie quarterbacks. And I'm not expecting Zach Wilson to magically figure out how to throw the ball in New England, uh, mind you. So, yeah, yeah, I just don't trust the Jets here. I don't trust any of the pass receivers. So I'm going under on Corey Davis, 53 and a half receiving yards. I was also looking at this game also, and I just don't see a world where Zach Wilson is going to get 228 passing yards. So I'm going to add an additional prop here with you, Dan. Um, I'm going to also add in that Zach Wilson under 227 and a half passing yards with you. But yeah, this makes a lot of sense, right? We saw it when they played um, the Jets a couple weeks back that Bill Belichick, for everything that you just said, number one, a huge coaching mismatch. As much as I do like Robert Sala, Bill Belichick is going to game plan to take the ball. Not He's going to limit this Jets offense. And I think that, number one, like you just mentioned, that they get a lot of their receivers back, so there's a lot of ball that has to go around. But when you're going up against Bill Belichick, you're not going to have those many opportunities. And asking Corey Davis to get close to 55 uh, receiving yards, as small as a number that may seem, but when you're going up against Bill Belichick and the defensive game plan there, yeah, I I do like to under this game. And I'll also add in that under 227.5 for Zach Wilson there. So um, uh, also, Dan, on this game, I also kind of like the Jets team total go under here also, just because it is like we talked about. You said Bill Belichick owns rookie uh, rookie quarterbacks. I don't see this offense getting much, uh, even though they're coming off a bye week. I just don't see them, how they're going to have success going up against Bill Belichick in this defense. So I uh, love the plays here, man. Uh, the under train here, we, we kind of got to get back on that under train. I think that's more profitable than not for us. Um, yeah, so that's, that, that's point, a good, it's a great point because, you know, coming off of one and two, I've gotten I've gone one and two on my Thursday props the last two weeks, and they're all have been overs. And I think I need to adjust my capping to throw a little bit more variability and rooting against people instead of being so optimistic that people are going to blow through these that the that the markets aren't aren't catching up to the to the upside of people. Yeah. Um, because most people are going to let you down in life. So you know what? <laughs> I might as well lean into that. <laughs> Yeah, for I mean, I, I'll be I'll be the first one to tell you on, on our propcast. I've really been struggling with these player prop bets, um, but for whatever reason, on uh, on the on the articles that I'm putting up for the prime time games on right. sports gambling, yeah, I'm, I'm like at sixty five percent. So whatever the reason, I don't know what it is, um, but yeah, I, we got oh, I got to do a better job of picking out props here. But definitely, again. Thank you guys for listening, but definitely also check out my prop bets for the prime time game. <laughs> just in well. case, yeah, just, just in case. Here's a solid hedge for you because yeah. I'm kicking ass on them on them articles. Yeah, but no, I, I mean we're still we're still capping pretty well. Yeah. It's just a matter of like I think one of the things that I've been trying to adjust as a as a handicapper in this is yeah. when something's not going right, 
look at the data, take the information you're learning, try to adapt and, and, and make adjustments. And that's one of the things I'm going to try to do. I say that, and now I'm about to get into another over, but here we are. <laughs> hey man, overs are, they say that life is too short for unders and we like, we like rooting for overs, but what you just said that, you know, we, we maybe need to start rooting against people here a little bit, but uh, let's do this, Dan, let's take a quick break. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, get to the rest of our props and then we'll wrap up the show with uh, best bets. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions, discreet packaging, and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is the key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. keeps.com slash SGP. Do you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Well now, Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite athletes, start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy to use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use promo code SGPNPROP, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the players isn't currently in a game. Sign up with promo code SGPNPROP to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And don't forget, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. And do us a favor, toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, Dan, uh, let's get to my next one here. And um, look, I don't have much of a handicap for this, but it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins over 69 and a half receiving yards going up against his former team, the Houston Texans. And I said, like I said, no stats to really back this up. But again, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the league. I think in my eyes, for sure, a top three wide receiver in this league going up against his former team. You know that Hopkins is one is he's going to want to go off on this team. He's been battling an injury over the past couple of weeks, but this guy is still producing, right? He's getting touchdown. He's getting the receptions, the yardage. Last week, he he caught this pass in the red zone and made an incredible move to make the defenders miss, and that's the type of player that he is. And again, I'm expecting him to go off against his former team this week. I won't be surprised if I see DeAndre Hopkins getting close to 100 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Look, you always want to show up your former team, and I think this is the first time, or it is the first time that DeAndre Hopkins is facing the Texans since the trade. Um I know the roster is completely different from when he was on this team because there's been a lot of roster turnover and head coaching turnover and, and coaches and things like that. But the front office is still the, is still the same. Jack Easterby is still there. Um, they did get a new GM, but again, 
the main culprit behind this was Jack Easterby. And I'm pretty sure that DeAndre Hopkins is one of is one to give it to the Texans this week. So I'm going DeAndre Hopkins over 69 and a half receiving yards. I'm also waiting for a DGEN's only parlay or, or the, the long shots with a DeAndre Hopkins. The books haven't dropped it yet, but if I see anything of some great long shot odds of him having a hundred plus receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns, I will be backing that. But for the show's sake and our pick's sake, DeAndre Hopkins over 69 and a half receiving yards and also throw in over on his receptions for this game against his uh, former team, the Texans. Yeah, I wasn't originally going to do this one, but I got to throw in a, uh, I got to throw in a D hop. I got to throw in a D hop prop here. I'm going to yep. go anytime touchdown minus 125, man. Yes, sir. It's the fuck, fuck you revenge game narrative. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was definitely spurned by the, uh, by the Texans here. And what better way to get back at them with a, a lofty spread and uh, a great quarterback that is really, is going to look to get you the ball. And you were talking about that juke move that he had at the goal line. Yeah, I mean, that was just, I've never seen that. I've never seen D hop be that nimble. Like usually he's making these acrobatic catches on the sidelines yeah. in multiple coverage, but like, that was like pure agility. And um, yeah, man, D hops built different. I think he knows that it's time to be petty and uh, what better way to get, get after it by scoring some touchdowns and going off. And he, and he's petty. Like ever since he got traded from the Texans, like anything bad that's happened with the Texans, he's put it out on his Instagram. So I'm pretty sure that he's had this game circled uh, yeah. uh, on, on his calendar going up against the Texans on Sunday. So I'm expecting him to have a big game here uh, for the Cardinals. And again, a big spread here. I think he probably has a huge first half for the uh, Cardinals and the offense there. Uh, let's go to your next one, Dan. What do you got? Yeah, it's a great segue because I'm going Chase Edmonds over seven and a half rushing attempts. I got this at plus odds, got it at plus 105. Um, so Chase Edmonds just got cleared to play. He was battling a shoulder injury for a little while, but he's good to go. He's off the injury report. With the Texans being 18-point dogs, to me, this is just signaling, you know what, I'm going to have to run the ball. And so Kyler Murray, he's still also battling a shoulder injury despite – killing the, the Cleveland Browns last week. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him throw less this game. And while he's still going to go off to his boy, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. I'm expecting Chase Edmonds to get more rushing work than he's probably seen most of the season. And uh, at seven and a half rushing attempts, this is actually a pretty low margin for him considering that he's done this in four of six games this season. So while I expect to see James Conner and plenty of him, uh, I think Chase Edmonds has shown, you know, he had some really good runs last week. He had a 40 yard scamper um, that went for a lot of yards. He had a lot of good zone reads. So I think he's kind of getting a little bit more acclimated um, into his role. And I, I see him getting definitely more than, than, than uh, eight rushing attempts here. So um, take the over on that one. Yeah. I kind of like this, uh, the approach for the Cardinals uh, running game this week, because if we, I know they're going up against the Texans and Texans are one of the key worst teams in the league. Um, so even if they're at half speed, I think the Cardinals should take care of business here. But again, like you said, they need to protect uh, Kyler Murray and the shoulder. He had this issue last year too, and he's had it again this year. And oh, by the way, on deck for them is the Green Bay Packers coming in next week. On Thursday. Yeah, and exactly. That's when you, it's a short week. That's when you're really going to need Kyler Murray um, to be at his best or at least perform to his best uh, with not having to worry about his shoulder and things like that. So, you know, we were talking about how we're getting crappy Thursday night games. This Thursday, we probably get a good one between the Packers and the Cardinals. But yeah, let's hope. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with everything that you said, right? They're, they're, 
Hopefully DeAndre Hopkins gets his against his former team, but I think after that it'll probably just be a run, run, run uh, for this Cardinals team. Tick, tick, tick. Let's keep everybody healthy. We have a short week. Let's move on because we have a big game coming up against the uh, Packers in the NFC um, in, in the NFC conference, which will may have you know playoff or seeding implications also. So I think it's going to be a big game um, for both again the Packers and, and the Cardinals uh, this week on Thursday. But I love your play there. Um, That's a great point because I think yeah. that is really that could end up being one of those those playoff by, uh, first seed yeah. second seed type of situations and uh, the the tiebreaker going to the winner of this game. Yeah. Um, wanted to get your thoughts real quick on yeah. the Houston spread here. Are you are you messing with it? Uh, you, you buying into it? I I I when this it's number, so large. <laughs> it, it came out at at sixteen and a half on my book last Sunday night, and I took that sixteen and a half. Okay. And now so you're, think, not, you're not feeling too bad about that. Yeah, I'm not. And if it if it gets anywhere closer to maybe like a 19, 19 and a half by game time, I might do a buyback thinking that the, mm-hmm. the, they probably win by 17 points here. But you know, right. they're not talking about the narrative of like JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins going up against their former Very team, true. right? And, and and yeah, they're not. It's not out. People are talking about okay, next week the Cardinals have to face the uh, face the Packers on a short week on Thursday night. But I think at the same time, DeAndre Hopkins isn't there saying, Hey, no, I want to beat up on my former team and get me the ball. I want to, I want to whoop them. I want to wipe the floor with them. And I think that, you know, that may come into fruition here, but again, it, it could yeah. also be a look ahead spot for the, uh, for the Cardinals too, but we'll see, man. Right. I just don't have faith, especially when the Texans got beat by the Colts last week by four touchdowns. Yeah. Great point. <laughs> right. Um, so say, by Carson yeah, Wentz. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Now you're going up against Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and, and that offense. So good luck. Um, yeah. I'm going to say in the same game for my uh, next player prop, it's Mark Ingram over 10 and a half rush attempts. Uh, look, Mark Ingram is trending in the right, uh, right direction has become probably the featured back, at least running the ball for this team, not in the pass catching. Uh, look, Philip Lindsay, man, me and you have talked about this uh, offline. Dude is not the answer for any team. He likes running east to west, and that's not going to get it done in the National Football League. He's just too small, um, to, I guess, to be even in this league. Man, I know he had that one great season again when he was with the Denver Broncos, but I just feel like that, like Philip Lindsay, ain't it? Um, over the last two weeks, like I said, he's had 18 carries in Week Five, and then he had 16 last week against the Colts. Uh, Cardinals' rush defense is one of the worst in the league, right? They're number 31 in opponent yards per rush. Uh, Opponent yards per rush uh, allowed, and then they're also allowing 128 yards per game through six weeks uh, on the ground, and then they're allowing 164 and a half rushing yards at home alone this season. So I think um, I don't think they're going to trust Davis Mills to fling this ball all over the field. Let's get the running game going. Keep maybe the offense off the field. I know we're kind of contradicting with these plays and what we're talking about here, but I just think that. Um, Mark Ingram is kind of trending in the right direction for, for this running game for the Texans. So I'm taking Mark Ingram over 10 and a half rush attempts. It's an interesting play. I, I wasn't expecting you to go Mark Ingram here. I was actually, as you were talking, I was fishing around for some Lindsay props, but they're not available anymore, unfortunately. And that's probably because Mark Ingram's, you know, established their role as lead dog. Um, I do wonder how many, how competitive can Houston be early on? And if, is that going to be off the strength of Mark Ingram or Davis Mills? No. Probably not Davis Mills. No. So, you know, he has found some rapport with Brandon Cooks, but I got to think that 
in order to early down work is always going to go to Mark Ingram here. I just yeah. wonder how long it's going to last before they abandon the run and have to start throwing to keep, to keep up. So yeah. assuming that they can keep this within a, a pretty sizable margin. And obviously for you taking 16 and a half, that would be a best case scenario. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's the path to do it. If, if, the, if they can. Now, I'll be honest. I honestly don't know what the hell the offense is doing. Cause even last week when they got down double digits <laughs> and I was watching this game and they were still running the ball with Mark Ingram. I was like, how did you still end up with 16 carries when they were down like two possessions? But here we are again this week, we're in the same situation, but we'll see what happens, man. This, this franchise is it's, it's in the, it's in the dumps right now, man. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, do you have any more player props, uh, Dan? Yeah, I got one more. Yeah, go for it, man. Super. I had to go into the trenches for this one, and it's only available. I only saw it available on one book, and that's DraftKings minus one thirty. Muhammad Sanu over one and a half receptions. I know I just went on that whole uh, that whole tirade about freaking taking unders, but this one was like too good I couldn't ignore it. So <laughs> mainly because you know Jimmy G is back. Trey Lance was ruled out today. Um, but Sanu has actually become their slot receiver with no George Kittle there. Brandon, you pretty much sucks now. I don't know if he's in the doghouse. He's just not getting schemed for, but this is the only person that anyone's ever thrown to is Debo Samuel. So if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I probably know that. So there's gotta be someone else that's going to have to get a shot at, at some, uh, targets and, I think that that's Muhammad Sano. He's he's had 14 targets over the last three weeks. He's gone over two receptions in the last three games. So to me, coming off of a bye week, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Sano, you know, be the safety blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo when Debo Samuel's either tied up or Elijah Mitchell has no rushing, uh, no room to run. So uh, I like Sano here. It's it's pretty small margin, one and a half yeah. catches here. Like that feels like easy money to me. I think Sanu can also be a great red zone target too because he's a bigger guy. Yeah. But you know, we talk about teams that have these security blankets on third downs, and then when you need a catch, every every team has that player. I think Sanu is that guy for the San Francisco 49ers. We talk about like Randall Cobb with the with the Packers and, and things like that. So I think Sanu is that guy. So I like that play for you. Um, over one and a half receptions for Mohamed Sanu. Um, I had four, but then I threw that Zach Wilson one, which made it five for me. So that's all I have. You have anything else for uh, Sunday, Dan? I mean, I threw in the D hop, so I gave you six when yeah, I was only playing it for five. So uh, yeah, man, it's a whole. But we're going over on our props, but that's going to be yeah. a good thing because I feel good about uh, the handicapping this week. We're going to write our write our wrongs from week six and uh, come out come out hitting them books. Yeah, so let's let let's do this. Let's let's wrap up the show. Let's uh, get a best bet inform the picks that we have for Sunday. I'll give you the floor, Dan. Who do you got? Man, I really like all of these, to be honest. Uh, it's just, who do I want to fade the most? Is it DeAndre Swift? Is it Corey Davis? I like, um, Corey, I like that Corey Davis one. Yeah, I got to feel like that's the scenario that I believe in the most that's going to fail. Um, so, yeah, all right. I'm going to get back on my soapbox. I'm going in under. I'm taking right. Corey Davis under 53 and a half. There Best bet. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Like Patriots, receivers, rookie quarterback, we're going under. Keep it simple there. Um, for mine, um, for all the harping we've done and, and all the guys that we've talked about here, I, I got to go Hopkins, man. D-Hop, he's probably going to go off this week. Give me that over 69, 69 and a half receiving yards for him. Um, I also, I would go over his receptions, too. I think I saw it at five and a half, but I think this guy is a receptions machine. Uh, hoping for a big game from D hop uh, against his former team, a little revenge angle there. And again, this Texans defense is God awful. So 
I will continue to fade them at any cost. So there we go, man. Um, two best bets. We gave you about 11 to 12 player props for the Sunday games. Hopefully we have a great uh, week of player pop betting aside from your side in total plays. Uh, Dan, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter, man. Hit me up at, at Dan Titus on Twitter, doing stuff for Action Network, SGPN, Fantasy, NBA, Football, PropCast. I try to act like I'm working as hard as Munaf, but let's be <laughs> honest, nobody actually does. So, But yeah, you can find me there. Hit me up. I'm around. No, Dan, Dan's a very, very hardworking guy too, man. The, I act like I'm all over the place, but there's there's a lot <laughs> a lot of things that I cannot do without all of the co-hosts and all the guests that we have on all the platforms that I'm doing, especially with Dan. And, and just the list goes on and on. So uh, thank you again, Dan, for joining me every single week. Uh, yes, sir. The blast. I know we're going to be cranking up NBA too also. So definitely looking forward to working with you there on the player props for NBA season. So um, with that being said, that is all for this week's show, NFL Week 7 Player Props Edition. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at SportsNerd824, dropping all type of NBA plays. Uh, check out my articles all over the website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Check out the uh, player props that I'll be dropping for the uh, primetime games, uh, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Those are going pretty well for me. So uh, with that being said, check out all the work also on the uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com uh, website. Just everything, MMA, uh, golf. We have a new hockey uh, podcast with uh, Ryan and Joel and, and Talon. So uh, get your uh, get your hockey intake there. I know we have hockey all started to NBA, so we're going to start cranking it out. Uh, so too much going on, man. I'm trying to keep on keep on top of it, cranking all this content out. We'll go from there. But till then, let's break the books off this weekend and let it ride. <laughs>